What's up? It's Delight, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Let's Talk About It, Damn It. I got JC on the line. Hello there, everybody. And I also have Dr. Naisha on the line, who is a professor, a published author, and one who is healing from parental trauma. How are you doing today, Dr. Naisha? I am doing exceptionally well. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Now, if you haven't caught our other episodes, we have discussed tough love and how it ain't supposed to be toxic. And we used uh, that boxer, Terrence Crawford. I don't know if you're familiar with him and his mother. We used that as an example. And we also just talked about the childhood trauma and how it spilled over into adult life with our parenting. So I know you have a very interesting story and just go for it. Like, <laughs> just tell us a little bit about, we can get into it and, and, and we'll jump in wherever, but I'll say Dr. Naisha is a twin. I am. Identical twins. I tell you, I was so confused. Yes. <laughs> yes. When I met your sister, you guys have had an interesting experience with your mom. And I'll just start out with, you couldn't call her mom. Yeah. So, um, so we grew up. So basically, so my mom had my sister and I, when she was 20, she was turning 21 and my dad had just turned 19. And so this is in like late seventies. Um, and I think, you know, kind of hindsight is 2020 looking back on it. Uh, and me being a parent myself, I can kind of understand kind of the position she was in. Like she felt scared and just kind of felt like her life was not going as planned. You know, sometimes, you know, children are planned and sometimes children are unplanned. And so she had two of us at the right. same time. And so she probably was really, really scared, but had a lot of ambition and a lot of goals, a lot of dreams that she wanted to accomplish before she even started a family. Um, but she she had us and so at the time I think she finished her semester in college and so she wanted to be a dancer and um she all of a sudden has like two babies that she has to take care of my dad um didn't graduate from high school um he was kind of out in the streets just doing whatever he wanted to do right and um and yeah so she having us she just kind of felt like you know you know, I now have these responsibilities and, you know, I wanted to do something else. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be a parent like right then and there. Like, right. And, they just, and these two, not one, but two just shut my life down. Pretty much. Like she was like, nah, fuck the kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, man, I'm trying to be on Broadway. I want to be a dancer. I want to do all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, she, at, at that time, she, was feeling like you know she's still young she's still vibrant and she she wanted to to live her life and so when she had my first of all my sister and I um we are twins so we were premature and so at that time she had a um she had us really really early and so I think probably right at 29 30 weeks okay 
Oh, wow. We were really small. Like my sister, we were in the intensive care unit for like a month or two. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so um, they didn't think my sister was going to make it. But um, yeah, so it was it was really stressful on her. And she's like, you know. I mean, I got to go through all of this, you know, they're not even healthy and right. all of this stuff, thinking that we will have some developmental issues or some type of autism or um, learning development um, things. But um, we came out, you know, got out the hospital, came out pretty strong. And so just kind of bounced back. But um, still, she just kind of, I don't think she really felt like a parent. It was just like, you know, I got these two people that I'm responsible for, but I just don't really feel like I'm a, I'm their mom. And right. so uh, when we started talking, she, uh, I remember her, I don't remember her saying this, but I kind of have, I recall something, but she asked us to call her by her first name and don't call her mom because she said it kind of made her feel like she was old. Mm. <laughs> so, wow. So my grandmother was like, because, you know, if my mom is young, my grandmother was young. My grandmother had my mom at 16. So, okay. like, are you serious? No. I mean, you know, you're going to regret them having to call you by your first name because that brings a certain type of energy. Right. Like, you're not, um, like, you're not their parent. Right. So she ain't listening to them. She, like, she, wanna, she had her own mind. And so her grandmother, my great-grandmother... You know, she said, "Well, them kids ain't gonna never uh, respect you if you make them call call you by your first name." And so she was like, "Man, whatever, they gonna respect me, whatever." Right. <laughs> so, and so my grandmother was like, "Well, if they can't call you mama, then they can call me mama." Right. And so we just started right. my grandmother mom. So that's right. Because I'm wondering, imagine y'all going to school like, yeah, so Patrice signed this paper. Right. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah, that was that was very interesting. But the thing about it was we spent so much time in my grandmother's house. Like, my mom works, like, two or three jobs. And okay. she was never around. Mm-hmm. So everybody thought that my grandmother was our mother anyway. Mm. And so they, you know, they never really questioned it. Like, my grandmother would sign our permission slips. And so mm. um, every now and then my mom would show up like the first day of school, she would be there. Right. And um that's it. Like maybe the last day of school she'll be there. Wow. But she she worked so much that, you know, we hardly ever spent time with her. And so right. we spent most of our time at our grandmother's house. And plus my grandmother worked at a daycare. And so that was like our after school. Like we would go there, we went there for daycare and we went there for after school. So we was always around her. Okay. Okay, so y'all were already building a bond with her. And- yeah, yeah, we had, yeah, we built a bond. I mean, we call her mama, you know what I mean? And right. Like, anytime we were sick, you know, she was there, like we stayed there and we was with my mom on and off. But for the most part, our district, we we rode the bus at my grandmother's house. We would take the bus to school at our grandma's, grandmother's house. So we used her district for um so we can get into certain schools okay um, so yeah so she was she was always she took us to the doctor whenever i mean back wow. then we didn't really go to the doctor like that but when we started playing sports you know you need a physical mm-hmm. and so that would be like our our doctor's appointment we would take you know go to a, to the doctor get a physical an athletic physical and that was pretty much it wow and so um and so as we got older like probably in high school 
if our mom would come, we call her by like her first name. Like the teachers would be looking like, uh, <laughs> that's disrespectful. Right. Call mom by her first name, and then we were like, no, no, she wanted us to call her um, by her first name, and it was like, yeah, right. And we were just like, we not bad kids, like, <laughs> like we not disrespectful, we not bad kids. But for the most part, my grandmother would be like, yeah, they're right. You know, they call me mom, like. You know, I'm pretty much their guardian anyway, so. Right. Yep. And so, when did you guys start living, like, pretty much full-time with your with your grandma? Well, first of all, let me say, kudos to your grandmother mm-hmm. for having a kid at a young age and then being able to say, hey, let me step in and be that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. help. And, and things like that and, and being able to grow beyond having a, a kid so young because right. having a kid young at that you know at that time and stuff like that I know it must have been difficult yeah I mean it definitely was like she was in her 30s like mid 30s when we were born oh wow and so um so she still was kind of young and kind of you know kind of vibrant where she can, right she's able to you know take care of kids Right. Um, and so it was something that she felt like she had to do because, right. you know, my mom wasn't stepping up. And so there was some, some animosity between the two. And then just one day, my mom's like, well, if you can raise them better, then you can have them. And, mm-hmm. so, and so, yeah, so we ended up staying with our grandmother full time in middle school, like sixth okay. grade. Now, were you guys happy about that? And like, yeah, we were. (laughs) We were happy because all because we spent so much time in our grandma's. All our friends were there, and so we went to school with them. Remember, we we rode the bus. We took the bus from her house, so all of our friends lived in that neighborhood, and so we we was fine with it because we were we spent so much time there anyway. Like it wasn't like like we would be we would actually kind of feel upset if we had to go with my mom. Oh wow! Um, because we moved so many places around the city that it was like we couldn't really get established. Like we will be somewhere for like six months, and then we'll move to another place for like a year. And mm-hmm. we'll, uh, so it was like we were just all over the place, and so right. we didn't have that stability. And my grandmother was like, you know, they need to have stability. You need to find a place to stay there at least for a couple of years. And my mom was just kind of like, well, you don't tell me what to do. Like, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm I'm in these streets pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me interject this. Parents, moving your kids around, even if it's within the same city, is not good for the kid. Not at all. Period. Like, I remember moving from New York to Florida and that was in middle school and it was devastating mm-hmm. it was devastating for me and I just I know I couldn't do that to my kid I know my career would require you to like move around in order to get higher in the game mm-hmm. and I remember applying for a job like on the west coast and told my kid and he said uh, so I would have to leave my school and friends Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I stopped applying to other places and stuff because I knew the devastation of having to move. Yeah. And I know sometimes you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. But 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 like in, in instances where it's like, if I just can get myself together, 
but, and stop jumping from here to there. Like it's important to try to do that. And actually I had a, a older friend tell me like, you know, kids need to be somewhere where they know that's their room or mm-hmm. that's their, she said she had found it was a closet that her daughter would get into and, and would just sit when she was little. And when they ended up selling the house and moving, when she was like in high school, she's like, she found drawings in that closet that her daughter had done when she was little and would just get in there and stuff. So it's like that kind of attachment is so important to kids. Yeah, most definitely. I just, um, and I think it's, it's because when you move, you probably have to go to another school. Uh-huh. And so even even being in the same city, um, you know, it's still at that time was still somewhat segregated. Like you still had the all black schools mm-hmm. and then you had the white schools. And so just going from a learning environment where everybody looked like you, even right. the teachers, and then going to another environment in which, you know, you may be one or two, maybe the only two or three you know black kids in the in the classroom and right. you have a white teacher and you just like you know you kills your confidence like i was talking to somebody um a couple actually a couple hours ago about it uh just you know being in the classroom it's like if you don't see rep- your representation then it's really hard especially if you've already come in with low self-esteem and not right. feeling like you can you can achieve right so just you know, my, my grandmother realized that because she could see that we like she could she could feel that we was feeling really sad every time we uh, now we got to go over here to this dark place or right. this you know, this neighborhood dry. We call it dry. This dry <laughs> neighborhood. <laughs> like, we would go to certain neighborhoods. There would be no kids outside. We'd be like, where everybody at? So, dry kids like dry places or then we would go to a place where it was really hood and um and it would just be you know too much going on like you might see prostitution or you might see right drug deals or whatever and so we didn't pay it no never mind but you know that's not a great environment to have right especially young girls right and drastic changes each right. time yeah right that's- and there were certain neighborhoods where my mom wouldn't let us go outside and play because she was like nah this ain't the best neighborhood People like, but why we up here? <laughs> right. <laughs> did, did you know that when you was looking? Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, and and um, so yeah, so that's that's you know about my mom, but like you know, as far as like my dad, like that's like a totally different thing. Like he, <sighs> you know, when they say Papa was a Rolling Stone, right? Mm-hmm. I have one of those. <laughs> After Papa was a rolling boulder, like he was knocking knocking some shit down. So, uh, so my dad had five kids before the age of twenty four. Oh wow! Oh my goodness! So he had a set of twins, and he had three more. We we recently just found out that we had another brother. Oh wow! Yes, and, and is is he around you guys' age? Yes. He is. Oh wow! Yeah, he is the same age as my sister, my um, my other sister, not my twin sister, my other sister. She just turned forty this year, and he in June, and he turned forty in March. Oh wow! Yeah, so he was out. He was like doing the Lil Wayne, uh, Nick Cannon, and all of them things. 
Yeah, he oh. he was mm-hmm. he was like a bird. He was dropping seeds everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he dropping seeds. But now, um, when you when you guys were younger, the ones that he had were you guys around him at all? The ones that you knew about? Um, so not really. Um, and we just had like a family vacation in July where we all got together for the first time. Oh, that's oh, cool. that's so nice that y'all could. Oh, right. wow. Now, was yeah. your mom there? No. Okay. It was just my dad's kids. Okay, okay. And go ahead. And so, uh, so yeah, so, so it was me and my sister. My mom did not want me and my sister to go to my grandmother's house, which is my dad's mom. She didn't want us over there a lot because it was a lot going on. Like, mommy, my grandmother's house was really a, like a liquor house. And I didn't even know. Oh, wow. It was a liquor house until I got older and my cousin was like, well, you know, that was a liquor house. I was like, was it? <laughs> oh, wow. I just wow. thought we had a lot of company. Right. I just thought people like being over there and they were drinking and playing cards. Is that what that was? And he was like, nice, just stop. I said, well, I didn't know. I honestly, like, as kids, you just do not know. Right? right. Children's perception is so very different from real life perception. And that's why I think it's always good to go back and revisit stuff like that, because you, so you can get the oh aha moment about right. certain things. Mm-hmm. Those moments, it was like oh, so that's why that, that big old bowl of money was in the in, in the middle of the table. <laughs> it was like, oh, so that's why people were arguing all the time coming in and out of the back door. Wow. That's why she told us to stay in the room and not come out. Wow. Okay. 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 And that's understandable. That's understandable on your mom's part. At least she wasn't like, well, y'all gonna go over there. Y'all will be all right. You know, at least she had that to decipher. But at the same time, it is still your family. But go ahead. Yeah, because by that time, my my dad was locked up. So he... And how, how old were you when he got incarcerated? We were... Four, about to turn five, just starting kindergarten. Mm. Now, do you remember his presence being gone? That's interesting because when I was, so we, I, me, my sister and I would talk about this all the time. Like we would have mm-hmm. dreams of a male presence, but we just never saw his face. Oh, wow. But, and we, just, we could, like, we would have glimpses of him. We never saw his face. We would just see, like, the, the bottom half of it. And so, and so. Okay. We we don't recall a lot of being spending time with him. Mm-hmm. Just remember that he there was somebody there, and then they were gone. Okay, wow, yeah. that's deep. That's so deep. And the fact that you would remember pretty much like probably your height at that time. You know what I'm saying? You see right. hands. I, I remember visions of of my mom of certain things, but all I remember was. The bottom half, you know what I'm saying? Their mm-hmm. hands and down, like right. Like, right. That's interesting. That's interesting. Right. But so go ahead. I'm sorry. So yeah, I just we just kind of remember. I just remember running at my grandmother's house, like running towards me. His hands was out, like he was about to pick me up. But I, I never saw his face. Wow. So I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember if that was something that I made up or if that was something that really happened. And oh so, wow. So yeah, so I never really got to know him because he was gone for uh, 20 years. He went in when we were 24, got out when when we were, I mean, he went in when we were four, got out when we were 24. Wow. 
And, and so, so, and you never, you guys never went to visit him. No, we did. Oh, you did? Yeah, we did. Like we, and that to me, that was a bit traumatic because, mm. you know, like you're going to a federal prison. Mm-hmm. You know where it's on lockdown. Like you see the barbed wire. You know, right. you have to wait uh, before they push a button to open up the door for you to let you in. You got to sign in and you know leave like valuable certain places. Like it was just, it was weird. And then also we started going to see him probably fifth grade. Oh wow! And then throughout middle school, probably. I would say about three, maybe three times in middle school and two two times, two or three times in high school. Okay. In high school. And so um, I remember, and then once, I remember seeing him once when I was in college. And, um, oh, wow. And so um, I remember going there and just kind of walking past the, the, the gate and then the prisoners would just be like at the gate, like staring at us. Mm. And so, and so, my dad would get really upset. He would be like, "Man, those are my daughters. Man, stop staring." Right. Yeah. Right. So he felt yeah, kind of yeah. Hold your thought. That that's interesting because, like, my youngest child's father was incarcerated, and I think because it was such an early age that it happened, that it just became a part of life. So I don't yeah. think it was as traumatic. And we've talked about it and they're glad they had the relationship, you know, just to be able to know him. He exists, know what his face looked like and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the same friend that uh, said something to me about moving said something to me about a friend that she had. She hated Saturdays mm-hmm. because she said every Saturday of her life, they went to visit her father, you know, of her child life. So she said where other kids got to wake up and get their cereal and watch cartoons in the morning, they were up at the break of dawn so they could get in the line early and mm-hmm. having to shake your bra and people going down the sides of your pants and all of that stuff. And it was like, it was, she hated it. And so when she told me that, I kind of scaled back. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want my child to resent and be like, oh, this day, I hate this day. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So that, and then we ended up leaving the state and um, it just would go every few years after that. But so that that's interesting that it's, it's when popping in and out is just as traumatic, but going all the time is traumatic. It's just like tr- kids just don't need to, to visit the prison so don't go to prison parents (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so so my um you know come to find out my brother because because so it's me and my twin sister then i have a younger sister um she's three years younger than me my sister and then of course the new brother they're the same age and then my other brother that i knew when i was younger he is 39 okay and he apparently uh, we had a conversation he's like yeah i used to go see dad all the time Mm. so so his mom his mom would take him to go see or my uncles would take him to go see you know my dad all the time like he saw him more than myself my sisters and i saw him put together 
Wow. And does he feel traumatized, do you know, or he felt like he was happy to see him? Well, I think it was more so like he was happy to see him because he didn't have, you know, well, I think with boys is different. Like he didn't have right, male right. figure. So he was yearning for, you know, that energy, that, that masculine energy. So he would be excited to, to see him. Okay. Um, because he didn't rem- he was a baby like his mom was pregnant oh when um when he went to prison okay so he you know he that's all he knew right from the beginning of his life that's all he knew right um and so he really he really needed him he really needed him my my brother ended up getting to some trouble he ended up going to prison for like five years mm. um, oh. on his life and then the crazy thing about it is his cellmate was our brother whoa wow and he didn't know it he at first he didn't know he didn't know he said because i think he i remember him telling me this was like because he i think this was like early his early 20s so he was saying yeah he said yeah so he told my grandmother that he was having a conversation with his cellmate and he said something about you know his daddy being locked up or whatever and so the other guy was like yeah he said my dad he said my dad is locked up too he said we i think we got the same dad he was like what wow and so then on they started they stayed in communication with each other and so my my brother talked to my uncle and um my uncle was like it's true that is your brother whoa because they had a picture of him in my grandma house right and so like, i'm just now learning this like i'm just recalling this all of this like a couple wow. of, couple of weeks ago i'm just recalling all this information i'm like oh so that makes sense because i remember them mentioning him but it was never confirmed so anyway wow so yeah so so he yeah, I think he really, really needed him because okay. he, he, it was un. Some of the stuff that he was going through was unnecessary. Like his mom had was a drug addict, and so he mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with his grandmother, mm-hmm. his maternal grandmother. And so he just, you know, I felt like he just never got a, a fair chance at life. Right. He, you know, he was faced with all these different obstacles. Like, you know, he had parents that weren't around, and so right. he depended heavily on his grandmother and. You know, boys gonna be boys. Like when they find somebody, you know, they cool with or they connect with, and it might be sometimes it might be people in these streets. So. Right. Mm-hmm.